podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, it's an international break, and it's time to, to hear from your favorite Americans. Uh, it's the Anfield Index U.S. podcast, a podcast that was supposed to start roughly 45 minutes ago. However, one of the three of us, um, you know, on the first day of the NCAA tournament, was distracted by an episode of Queer Eye. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, going to be in a weirder mood. Um, I'm Justin. With me is, uh, as always, is Kev Hegarty. Kev, how are you? Hey, Justin, I'm good. I can't believe you missed, uh, you, you stuck to Queer Eye over, uh, Murray State's victory, huh? Okay. Yeah, I, I should have watched John Morant considering the fact that there's a chance that he might end up as a, a Nick next year. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> he's, he's really good. And, uh, also, also joining us, um, unfortunately, uh, Joey Connors, our, our usual left third person can't be here, but instead we've brought you guys a fantastic guest from the, the City of Angels. It's Mr. Armando Angulo. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. You know, uh, I just like that Kevin assumed that it was you watching Queer Eye and not me. He <laughs> just knew it's not Mondo. And I assumed correctly. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, also, great. the other thing about me is that I will tell on myself. That's true. Like, it's <laughs> it's not one of those things I'm trying to deny. It's just I'm trying to make people guess the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you succeeded. Honest to a fault. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's an international break, so I guess the, the you know let's open it up with a simple question: What do you got planned for this weekend with uh, nothing going on as far as football? So, uh, Kev, you're you're a parent. What do parents uh, do these days? Uh, a lot of not sleeping. My kid is taken to waking up at two, three in the morning every night, which is great, you know, when you have to work and things. Uh, this weekend, I'm probably watching lots of basketball. Um, because the tournament's around and I watch way more college ball than I do NBA. And then on Sunday, I'm actually headed towards uh, Mondo's part of the world for work next week. I'll be in Irvine, California. Bro, uh, let's grab a beer. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm, on, I'm there a couple of days. so uh, maybe, I will find you. Yeah, all right, man. I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah, I'm yes. there Monday, Tuesday, and I fly out Wednesday again. But I'll, uh, I'll hit you up. Right on. I've heard California has a series of highways. <laughs> <laughs> Too many, if you ask me. <laughs> Driving yeah. out 405. And uh, Armando, where are you taking the 101 to this weekend? Uh, I'm actually tomorrow. Let's see, Saturday, I got an LAFC match. So I'll be there watching the game. Uh, and then a lot of basketball, pretty much. Pretty much. I, I, I <laughs> actually get to uh, finally utilize a birthday present my wife has purchased for me. Uh, I'm going to a pizza making class on Saturday. So she's That's punishing you correct. for your birthday? No, this is what I wanted. <laughs> make me oh, dinner. Oh, wow, wow! This is what you wanted. Okay. I yeah, I get. I want to learn how to make good pizza, man. I think that that's yeah, a useful I want skill. You, I want you to learn how to make good pizza, so that when I visit you, there's good pizza. Yeah, yeah well, no, I'll just take pizza. you out for pizza in New York. <laughs> you shouldn't be suffered to like like this. Is me like trying to negotiate like a Wednesday night when I don't want to go out. If, if you're a tourist <laughs> in New York City, you, you eat pizza that's actually made by, uh, you know, someone with an oven that can get much hotter than mine. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, that, you know, it's, it's an international break, as Sam said, for the third time in this particular podcast. So we kind of had to talk about things that are not going to necessarily be crystallized in the point of time in games. And I think there's no better place to start on a uh, podcast network that occasionally calls Agenda Index than with asking a, a very simple <laughs> question. That I might have gotten that I might have gotten accused of a little bit um, with my feelings towards one oft injured, I guess, attacking midfielder. Do we as fans have agendas? Like, what, what what's your take on this? Do you think that sometimes, regardless of however much we all say that like all we want the team to do is win, do you think that some you know that sometimes we maybe just get in our own heads of thinking, yeah, I want them to win, but I prefer they win, uh, you know, with my opinion being right. Um, Armando, I know you probably have strong feelings on this. I think we're always right, you know? You, you hit it, nail on the head. Like, we always have to be right. You know, like, but I think you can do it reasonably and not have an agenda. Like, I don't think Jordan Henderson is 
up to par, right? But like, I'm not gonna shit on him after he has a good game. I'm gonna tell you he had a good game, like good shit, you know. But honestly, like, it doesn't mean that I want him in there. I don't. I don't. You know, like you and Lalana, you don't want him in there. Nobody wants Lovren in there. Is that an agenda? Or is that just like fucking common sense? Like we don't need that in there. I think people that have agendas towards the team selection, like. The anti-Alberto Moreno thing is an agenda because the dude doesn't even touch the pitch and, like, everybody's really mad at him all the time. Like, even if, like, there's a hint of possibly he's going to play, people lose their shit. Like, oh, great, fuck. I'll drive him to the airport myself. Fuck. All this shit, you know? So, like, there are agendas, man, but, like... Is it an agenda to question Klopp? Is it an agenda to like question his tactics, question his team selection, uh, not be thrilled even when results go your way, but the performance wasn't there? Like, is that an agenda? Because if so, then we all should have one for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll weigh in on exactly what I what I jokingly mean about my anti Lolana agenda shortly, but Kev. Kind of want to get you to also just kind of set your uh, your position on this particular topic before we continue. It's uh it's actually a tough one to answer because I've never been wrong um, about my football opinions. I'm not Weird. sure. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a an agenda or just I'm just this that good at analysis. Um, but no, I actually can't stand the word agenda. And when people throw it around like you have an agenda and you have a, bias is a better word. We all have biases. That's just what people have. And, and, and some are backed by evidence and others are backed by emotion and some are backed by both. And, but, you know, some people are just wrong. And, <laughs> uh, I probably have what would be called by some sectors of the, the interwebs uh, an agenda. Uh, it falls along the lines of, of Justin and probably Mondo's quote unquote agenda. Um, but I mean, ultimately, like, as you said, I think we just all want to win. But there is this thing about being a human being that's, of course, we want to win, but I also want to be right. And I would think for some percentage, it's they'd rather be right than win. So and you come across all of these people, um, especially in the uh, the way we interact on social media. Um, and it just becomes like a cesspool. But uh, the agenda and the agenda index and, you know, it's a lot of the, the stuff thrown around. Or I guess thrown back at us is uh, it isn't really fact based. Like a lot of the quote unquote agenda of the people, at least I speak to, and you know, they include you guys in this. It's um, it's sort of backed up by generally backed up by stats and evidence, and um, you know, you can't say like I I don't I think Lalana. Okay, so for example, because you brought him up, Lalana is a decent footballer. Um, he was very good for a short period of time. Um, he's a premier league caliber player. He's entirely, he's injured entirely too much. So he's not reliable. Um, he can run a hell of a lot and Klopp likes him and he seems like an affable guy. And, you know, he bought into the Klopp philosophy very quickly and, and it, and it reaped rewards for him. But I think we're past his skill level. And if I had a choice of some other player to play in that position, when we need a body, I would choose that other player. Um, is that an agenda against Adam Lalana? I don't think so. I just have the opinion that he's not good enough for us anymore. Um, could I be wrong about that? Yeah. Do I think I'm wrong about that? No, or I wouldn't say it, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I don't get the, the back and forth on agenda, but I, I, I think it stems from exactly how you said it is that people want to be right and win rather than just win. Yeah. So let, let me ask you this question then. Someone jokingly tweets that they just traveled 3,000 miles to see Adam Lolana in his starting lineup. <laughs> How do you respond? Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> if, if you had done this, how do you respond? Um, uh, hypothetically, I quote tweet that person with the crying laughing face. Ar Armando? Hypo hypothetically. I, on the other hand call you ungrateful and you should be thankful that he put in the shift and won the game because he was the MVP. So quit your bitching. Right. So I think a real answer probably sits someplace in the middle. But what I, the reason I bring this up is obviously that was a, uh, a moment where I've, uh, I think I, re I, I like, I don't, I don't know if the amount of comments versus the amount of likes, like, did I get ratioed? It was close. 
I mean, there's over a thousand likes and over, over about 200 comments, so it doesn't feel like I got ratioed. But still, my mentions for a horror show. Yeah, it was pretty. You asked for it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, after a while, I had to turn notifications off. I just don't understand. I, I guess people just read things really literally. Like, it looks, just on face, I know I know you, so I know, like, your sense of humor, and but just on face value, if somebody, like, went out of their way and they just tweeted, like, you had hours, it was hours after your previous tweet, and hours before your next tweet. Uh, like, if somebody just see, sees that and, and they can't think that that's joking, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's half joking because you kind of don't want to see Alana in the lineup, but, line but you also want to win. So it's funny that you flew that long. The, the context is it's funny as hell that you flew that amount of time and you spent that amount of time, you know, like traveling to see this match to see a player that you don't want to see in the lineup and you picked him out specifically. It's ironic and funny. And I don't understand why people were so up in arms about it. I mean, if I was really that even ang- if they love him, like if I was really that him. angry about it, I hadn't actually walked in yet. I could have just <laughs> sold someone else my seat and been like, "Fuck this," and gone back to my hotel. But clearly, that wasn't the case. I clearly still wanted us to win the game. Right. And this is where I bring that point up: is because, like, yeah, I I made a comment about a specific player that I didn't think merited a starting position because of. The fact that we were playing against a team that I thought would be playing a low block, but Sean Dyche then confused confused me by uh, actually going at Liverpool. Smart move, Sean. Um, but uh, all I really wanted us was still to win the game. I would be fine to be wrong and have at, at the second. You, you can. Well, that's the thing. You I acknowledge that. Yeah. You said I want to be wrong, and people are still like, "No, buddy, fuck you." You know, that's what the problem is. Like, why are people so up in arms and caping for Adam Lallana? Like, who's really caping for Adam Lallana? The dude had a haircut that looked like a bird took a shit on top of his head, and I'm supposed to take him serious? I'm sorry. I'm not caping for that man. I actually thought it looked more like Mount Fuji. <laughs> that was a funny picture. Fair. We all, know what, what, we all know what I'm talking about. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It was horrid. Yeah, but, but it comes down to it also, like, People will is like is this a fair accusation? Is also having an agenda as a fan. The entire idea of well, the manager knows you know the manager knows better than you. Your job is to support the team. Isn't that also just imposing you know your agenda of how you think people should support as well too? Like, shouldn't people just if, Bro, as long as we all want the same things. as as long as we all want the same thing, shouldn't we just not like jump down each other's throats? I just don't understand. Like, how how are people okay with just going with the flow all the time and not ever have a, an opinion and not question it and not be like, hey, man, maybe Klopp should have done this. Maybe he shouldn't make subs in the 83rd minute. What about fucking around in the 60th minute? You know, <laughs> there's a lot of things you can question about it. It shouldn't be a problem, though, man. Like, why? He's not perfect. Like, I, he's, he's great. I'm very happy to have him. I wouldn't want another manager. Trust me, I'm more than thrilled to have him, and I'm more than grateful for everything he's done for us so far and what he's going to do or whatever, whatever. But the motherfucker could be wrong sometimes, bro. Well, it's actually yeah. kind of – I think it's actually kind of funny. If you want a manager who will never admit mistakes and never really try to show you how human he is, go root for a Jose Mourinho-managed team. One of the things about Jurgen Klopp that is good is the fact that, like, the rest of, that he's probably more human than the rest of us. Look at how he wears his emotion on his sleeves. Of it's course, also a fact, of course that guy can be wrong. It, it's also a factor. So it's a fact. It's a skill level factor as well because the same people that say that your job is to support the ma- uh, <laughs> just to support the team and you know not question the manager would not be saying the same thing if it was Roy Hodgson and Jay Spearing, right? They they they're only saying that because of how good Klopp is, right? And how good Adam Alana is and he's a good footballer. I just I just don't think he's Liverpool good, but he's a good footballer. Like if this was Roy Hodgson and we were going, why the fuck are you picking Jay Spearing? I doubt half of those people would be like, just trust the manager. He knows way more than you and your job is to support the team. No, my job is to call out bullshit manager and a bullshit player <laughs> and that's what I just did. And it, it's I don't. I just don't think the the feedback would be as as harsh if Klopp wasn't excellent, and he is excellent, and he's forgot more about football than I'll ever know. But he makes some weirdo decisions sometimes that kind of get under my skin, and and maybe he has a grand plan. And you know, we're at this stage of this season, and it's been an unbelievable season thus far, and it'll hopefully culminate in something we all want. But that doesn't mean I can't say. 
Jesus Christ, just bring on Daniel Sturridge in the 65th minute. You know, like when we need a goal or like fucking hell, just pull Bobby off because he's playing like shit. Like I love Bobby Firmino, but if he's playing like shit, pull him off. You know, it it's I, it's all in the same vein to me as as me saying that, you know, Mo needs a rest or Bobby should be pulled off in, in the 50th minute if he's playing like shit is the same thing as me saying, I don't think Adam Lallana should, Lallana should start. Ultimately, I just want to win games, however we do it. Yeah. So I guess I guess that really comes to you, like when you're questioning the manager. There's, and I think this is comes a lot more from kind of the American football concept, but it definitely rings true here. Klopp is a player's manager, right? There, there's no probably debating that. Do you think that being a player's manager probably will open you up to uh, more questions, or do you think it's just the nature of? you know, where you are as a side is to really, you know, kind of denotes how, how readily the uh, support will question the manager. I mean, Armando, you're, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. So you've, you've got some, uh, some, probably some strong, actually Kevin, Kevin as a Raiders fan and me as a Jet fan, all have very, very similar feelings on this. Cause we've probably seen all sorts of Matt, all sorts of coaches, but I mean, as a Browns fan, how does it make you feel to see a players ones. coach considering the fact that, you know, you like me suffered through the exact opposite thereof and a guy like Eric Mangini? Yeah, fucking guy. Oh man. Uh yeah. Look, man, for me it's 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 simple. Players it's cool. I don't care what type of style you have. You could be like fucking the anti of that as long as you get results is all that matters and as long as you know the squad buys into what you're doing i don't really care what your style is but yeah him putting his arm around the players it's good because like he's it's good for the young players especially and we're a relatively young team so like taa coming up it's good for Klopp to be that figure he's hard on them when he has to be he puts his arm around them when he has to you see how how much they joke they laugh and practice in the training photos at in the matches how much he cares for each individual player how much he cares about what they're doing in the game like you see him shouting and getting in their ass and all that stuff so he does all the right things like but but i don't think the style of manager or the type of person that he is necessarily is what really is what we want or care about like if if we had Mourinho, lord forbid but if we had him and he was getting the results he'd be we'd be happy with it for like the first two years like everybody else and then we're like fuck this really sucks like everybody else but like, if it works, it works, dude. So I, I don't know. I, but as a, I'm not used to seeing good coaches, though. Like you said, we've been talking about the Browns and the Jets and and the Raiders. Like, I, dude, I'm not used to having a coach that can command the locker room, that can command respect, that can uh, dictate and you know how things are done. Be an authoritative figure and at the same time still be their friend. I don't see that. Like I went through like purgatory with fucking Hugh Jackson on the Browns, dude, for like thirty years, and he had like two wins through that period, and he fucking had job security. So I don't understand. You know, for me, it's the polar opposite. So I I really don't know how to answer that, dude. Like the I think Klopp is doing what he has to do at a top level. Obviously, it's paying dividends for us. You know, on the other end of that, does it mean that his personality is the reason that it's happening? Could it be another personality with, you know, similar skill sets, philosophies, football-wise, and succeed? Yeah, dude. I don't think it's the person that he is. I think we just care about results. That was a long-winded, I don't know. Yeah, well, it basically, you're, you're kind of like a wind-up <laughs> toy. If we just if we just give you a platform, it, uh, it, it goes. Always. Never yeah. fails. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, I, I know you're going to give me a more calculated answer, so just, just go ahead, point Dexter. I forgot the question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, all right. That. I mean, it's basically just bullshit you know, baffles brains, as Roger Bennett would say. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's more about the uh, the, the question's really like, does the personality style of Klopp as a player's manager? Do you think that lends itself to to being more questioned because of you know the the loyalty that players managers typically show to their players? I mean, nobody nobody becomes a player's manager by basically. Jettisoning, jettisoning someone at the uh, the first mistake. Yeah, no one, no one becomes a player's manager by giving Scott McTominay player of the year last year. Um, true story. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know if it. He's obviously he's probably the biggest players manager in the in the league. Uh, Poch Pochettino strikes me as that sort of guy as well. Eddie uh, Howe. Eddie Howe. Yeah, that also true. Um, I can't think of another man. I was trying to think of when Amanda was talking like of another manager in another sport that kind of reminds me of Klopp. 
And he's sort of like an amalgamation of a few, I think. But they, like, competent yeah, Rex know. Ryan. He's competent Rex Ryan. Competent, right? Because he's like he has a bit of Popovich to him. He has a bit of like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, competent Rex Ryan. I just don't want to use that name in the same sentence. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's the perfect coach for us because we're like Liverpool as a club and the fans in general are like super emotional and they wear their hand, hearts on their sleeves kind of kind of group. And he's the ultimate manager for that in in all of world football. So it's kind of a match made in heaven. Um, as Mando said, you could have success with a different type of manager i mean like uh you know benitez was kind of the cold calculating type and if you read about him in in you know gerard's books he, he obviously he was like i just wanted him to give me a hug and tell me i was doing a good job um and he he kind of did it until after he left and uh but he got the best playing ability out of steven gerard than anybody's ever seen so sometimes you know sometimes it works for different things but it, it may i don't know that it imp I, it's hard to answer that question. I guess it's another, I don't know, but it, it's, I don't know if you can, he might take, I think he takes more criticism from the media um, because he's so emotional and that you get like affable laughing Klopp, but you also get like the anger shouting at refs Klopp and the outburst of emotion that somehow he gets away with without, you know, being fined or whatever um, because he's that, show of emotion also makes him really likable and uh so he's also has the media take shots at him but in general everybody kind of likes him you know they like going to interview him um and the players are the same thing he, he commands the dressing room they obviously all look up to him um not as a father figure but like a as an authority like you guys said he's a bit of a you know an authority but he's uh but then he also just talks and laughs with them all the time like i, I can't explain this guy like i have no idea I'd love to be a fly on the wall just for like a week of training just to see what goes on because the conversations must be wild. And I want to see what, what he's actually like. Like, is he like a taskmaster as well when it comes to training? Um, yeah, I don't know. Klopp's, Klopp's a weird dude. Um, I kind of don't know how to answer this question. So that was just a number. Thank you. Number I'm glad of, I'm not the only asshole. A number of incoherent sentences that sounded semi coherent. It's kind of like how you get through college. Just put a bunch of sentences <laughs> on paper. <laughs> I, I, think know, play, I think players it coaches out help us out. <laughs> I, I think players coaches are always more questioned than the ones who are just like seen as like hard ruthless tacticians or just the one who will do anything for a result because yeah, I mean it's because it's obvious so it's obvious, it's obvious. how you can right, see how yeah, Mourinho you, works right? yeah like yeah and it's obvious how Benitez works like he had substitutions down to the minute now most coaches do now but they did it back then um, so you could guess every day that, you know, a substitution would be made at the 63rd minute, no matter how we were doing. Now, I'm sure Klopp has the same sort of idea. They tend to be a bit later. But yeah, yeah, you, it's, I guess you're right. Yeah, that sort of cold calculating types are, it's like, okay, it's a, it's a master plan. I can see what they're doing. But with yeah, Klopp, it's, it that's like exactly it. It's like, yeah. the, it's like the, they see it as a master plan because ultimately the manager is assessing risk rather than be, rather than, than being perceived to say, I trust my players to go out and win for me. And when you say like, oh, I trust, it's like, if you lose when you're saying, oh, I trust my players and they don't execute, it's always the manager who's going to get more blame because of the fact that it's seen as he doesn't have a plan. He's just trusting right. in the ability of his players without actually trying to, to manage what they do. Right. Right. That's, meanwhile, we, we rock the most risk reward. Yeah structure in the entire league correct <laughs> well that's where i think it that's where i think a lot of criticism can be can be bullshit sometimes like uh i don't i, I while i while i miss some of the, the football we played last year we're 10 times better than we were right we yeah. we, we know how to grind out a result and even if like and and the team basically doesn't really take setbacks and say like and say oh fuck it let's throw it in the throw it in the bag like a game like West Brom, the the two two last season when we were trying yeah. to sew up Champions League football. Compare that to this, which is roughly around the same time as this game against uh, against Watford. I mean, sorry, against um, Fulham, Fulham and yeah. we're 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 dropping two points this this year. We win it, so yeah. What I I I think that the perception is that the players manager always is just too trusting. And will sometimes play players who are 
you know, more limited, like, you know, Henderson or Milner sometimes. But I think it's more just that he's also identified spots where he thinks they will work. More often than not, he's been right. It's just when he's there's, wrong, it gets more focus. Again. When he's wrong, it just gets more focus. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Um, he's uh, you know, Your agenda's showing there, Justin, with the Milner and Henderson shot. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, it's getting more focus because, because, <laughs> because fucking Man City's on, he's like doing what they're doing. Credit to them and everything, but like we should be fucking blowing this league out of the water, but because right. City's doing what they're doing, everything is like scrutinized by us, by, you know, social media, by the pundits, like everything is way more magnified. Dude, like any other year, any other team that we're going up against, we'd be like 10 points clear, even now. See, like, yeah. We're ruthless this year, and I know we used to use it last year, but basically we were just blowing teams out of the water as fast as we could but we were like cold i mean i know we're very emotional and like there's a lot you see emotions on the pitch from everybody if you just look at money this weekend after the penalty goes in but i use the word ruthless because we're like we're just cold like we could just with virgil van dyke and allison and fabinho just back there and and credit where credit's due matty recently um we just shut games down and no one gets a sniff of anything and we're just just absolutely cold and ruthless and it's that's why we're so much better and then we still have the threat going forward from you know the uh, the i guess they're pretty much wing backs but the fullbacks and the forwards as well and it's just that the midfield gives us a bit of trouble sometimes and that's where the quote-unquote agenda comes from but the yeah we're ruthless this year and as mando as you're saying like we should be if pep isn't in this league we're walking this title it's just even if they had all the riches in the world so they have all the riches in the world plus arguably the best manager on the planet. So right. it's, it, it's, and elite managers do make a difference. There's middle managers that don't really make a difference at all, and there's shit managers that make a lot of difference. But elite managers <laughs> make, <laughs> there's elite managers that make a difference, and Pep's an elite manager. And, you know, without him around, this league's done, and we're looking at trying to win the Champions League. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, but I think it, and you're right, it does, it puts us under the microscope more. And because Klopp is sort of, I mean, Pep is really weird and sort of emotional and uh, like super OCD and all this other stuff. But because Klopp's in the league, he gets more of the micro- uh, microscope, I think, because he's verbal and, you know, and he's, he, you know, he could be the, the funniest guy in the room and the biggest lovable guy in the world of room. And then he's also you got to remember that he's huge and he can get mean <laughs> and he can be very intimidating. So, yeah, I know. Mean, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, this is kind of where I maybe want to go next. We're basically locked up with City in the league as to where I, I think both teams might drop more points, and I think that around one of the one of these two teams is going to still not win the league by accumulating over ninety points, which is insane. But then also, we probably the two of us are the two teams that are the, the bookkeepers are also placing one two in the Champions League. So I guess the question is. First off, is it possible that either one of the two teams does the double? And secondly, is it possible that that team is us? I mean, Armando, what, what do you feel about that? Yes, and yes. I mean, of course it's possible. As long as we're in it, we got Porto. We got a pretty easy draw. I mean, I love Porto, a lot of Mexicans. So, like, I'm looking forward to the matchup. I was looking forward to it last year, but we saw what happened, and I expect a lot of the same. Uh, we're better defensively, so it should be pretty easy business uh and then after that it's either barca or united you know we're going to be up for it we're a different beast in the champions league we're a different beast in europe uh it's just there's an air about us it's just not the same as like the league for whatever reason fulham could come uh, or we could go to fulham and have to scrape by or whatever or like we can go to old trafford when we're far superior and solskjaer has to make all his changes in the first half and we go out there and fucking lay an egg but like i know if we go to trafford in the champions league we're gonna light them up we're just that type of team as far as can we win the league yeah we can we have to be smart we have to uh be i think more dis as disciplined as possible it's not about just you know recently we have been giving up the the cheap goal it's it's been happening like yeah we've been able to leak out the wins or whatever but even last week or this past match when virgil heads the ball back and it's a mess by milner and it's a mess by by allison we have been doing that like we do have these mental lapses sometimes so we need to just make sure that we're not doing that 
And honestly, Mo just needs to start scoring some fucking goals. Because if Mo doesn't start clicking, like I know he's still very important and I know he's still pulling the defenders and I know he's still doing all his things, but Mo's finishing this season has not been anywhere near what Mo's finishing was last year. He's reverting his finishing back to like Roma. Like, yeah, he gets a lot of chances, but it's just not there. Mane has stepped up. He needs to continue to do that. And honestly, Bobby needs to get his shit together too. If he doesn't, then we're in, in, in for trouble. The midfield I've given up on. I'm expecting Brexit with Ginny. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, Fabinho, uh, hopefully in this run-up, we go exclusively with Fabinho in the lineup. And then, you know, whatever has to happen, hopefully Ginny and somebody else. But I've given up on that, dude. It doesn't matter. We need to figure that out. I just need the attackers to start finishing. If we start finishing at the rate that we were finishing last year, like kept saying, last year was super heavy metal. We're going to go in there. We're going to score two, three goals real quick. And then if with the team that we have now to shut it down, there should be no reason why we we should we can't run this whole table, man. There's no reason we can't beat Tottenham. There's no reason we can't just win out in the league. I, I agree with you, Justin. I think City is going to drop points. City is still in more competitions. They still have more matches. I know they're drawing a lot of easy competition in those competitions. Wow, I said competitions a lot. But no, these guys are fucking still going to be tired. They're still going to be leggy. They still have to rotate. They still have to do these things. There's still a chance for injury. The more you're out there, I do feel they'll drop points in the league, but we have to be perfect. If we're not perfect, dude, I don't think we have a chance. How about you, Kev? Um, I mean, the original question is, it's, it's yes and yes. So I agree with Mando. The, the thing is, I'd give the slight edge to City for the double. They're just, and that has to do sort of what Mando was just talking about, which is like, yeah, they got to rotate, but they have the ability to rotate better than we do. Um, their bench is deeper. And, um, you know, short of Fernandinho being out for the season or something, um, you know, it's, or Aguero, having a lengthy ban on us. Well, even then they got so many forwards, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, it, it's tough, but it's, it's certainly, certainly doable. And as Mano said, there's something about Europe. Now, early on in Europe this season, we were pretty shit away from home, but then we go over to Munich and put on a clinic. So it's like, it's possible to definitely do this, especially we got, we got drawn against Porto. Like you said, I got, I texted my Portuguese buddy, Tristan, if you're listening, uh, and I was like, aren't, aren't you guys sick of us yet? And he must have not noticed because there was like a delay. And then he sent back like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, nope, <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> and then he was asking me if anybody was injured <laughs> just for a little bit of hope. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, we should get through Porto. If we don't, through, if we don't get through Porto, we don't deserve to win the Champions League anyway. Um, we can turn it on in Europe and we will turn it on in Europe. And I'd be interested to to get either of United and Barcelona because I want to see how those games go. And then could it set up a final against us against City? Yes, it could because City side of the draw, I think they'll walk over. I mean, uh, Juventus is is a good team. Ajax is a good team. Um, they're not City good, you know. And I think City will walk over. Uh, Spurs will give them a battle, but I think City will ultimately go through. Spurs will give them a battle because they work hard. Um, but City are too powerful, basically. And uh, it's the same thing for the league. And I tend to agree with Mondo that we have to be, I, I wouldn't say perfect, but near perfect. Because I think both teams will drop points. And if City don't drop points, then, then they absolutely deserve to win the title. Um, but I think they will, at least a few. And we have to be near perfect, maybe drop two points maximum. You know, I don't think we can lose a game here on out. And uh, it's the only way we're going to do it. But it's certainly doable. And if we pulled off the double against... Manchester City in both competitions, that's saying something. And I, I don't know what Pep would do after that. I, I think he would go into international management early because, you know, he wants the Champions League with City. He wants to set up a dynasty with City. And if we, you know, keep beat, finding ways to beat him to things, then, then all the better for us. But, uh, yeah, it'll be tough. It's doable. It'll be tough. Um, I think, I honestly think, I have this weird feeling that we win the league this year. I can't. There's no stats behind that. It's just a pure emotion. And I have the feeling that Manchester City win the Champions League. Um, I just think they're the best team in the competition. And, but as Justin said, we are 1-2. And we're 1-2 on the stats as well. If you go to 538, we're number two right behind City. It's, you know, the probability to win Champions League. It's 
it's a nice place to be, you know, after, you know, a few years back not being anywhere near this and not taking Europe seriously. We're ta- now we're taking everything seriously. That's important, you know. Um, hopefully we could do it. It'd be great. Ma- imagine a double. Man. We just need to win something, man. Like, to have this type of season, to lose one game in the league, to make it to the quarterfinals, semifinals of the Champions League, again, we need to fucking win something, man. Like, mm-hmm. all this progress without the cherry on top, it's like, fuck, man, what's the point? It's like the Dodgers losing two World Series in a row, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean... You did win the pennant twice in a row. That's at least something. Shut up. That's like loser talk. God. That's one of the semifinals. You either win or you don't win. (laughs) You win or you don't win, Justin. Yes, thank you, Kevin. That is exactly the semifinal. (laughs) Hell out of here with that. Well, it's that. I root for the baseball equivalent of Spurs, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Spurs are a bit better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, at least Spurs are actually not run competently. Yeah, they yeah. seem to have their shit together, aside from building Or potentially stable. illegally. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But nah, it's one of those things where it's just like, I've been thinking about the concept of winning the double, and really for me right now, it's just not even really a thing I'm thinking about, because I know I'll get my hopes up, and that'll just hurt. Right. But it's also... I never even thought about it until you brought it up. <laughs> just yeah. now. But, <laughs> but the other thing that's really interesting to me, though, is just simply, all I really want is City to have the toughest games possible from here on yeah. out in the league. Whatever happens in the Champions League happens. I've seen us win it, so like I I have less desire for that trophy, even though knowing how big it is, and I still want it. Um, I've never seen us win the league, right? I I haven't seen yeah. it, and it's something that I I, I would like to see. Yeah, it was six. You know, I'm not, I I don't remember it. Um, it's. It's the big one. You know, the Champions League is fantastic. And we have such a pedigree in Europe that, you know, adding more Champions League is only good for us. But the league is just, that's the pinnacle right now. And we have to do it. And we have to do it this year. Um, Because everybody will retool. It's only going to get harder every year. And there are two elite teams in the Premier League right now. They're battling out for the title. I don't know how many elite teams are going to be in the next few years. Um now is the chance. I mean, so here's a question looking forward, looking at the other teams that are our main competition. Um, so basically, I think there's kind of like three tiers about how this might go. Chelsea seem a bit fucked. <laughs> Just a tad. Yeah. Arsenal. Saw, if... <laughs> speaking about Chelsea, I'm sorry. I saw somebody call Pulisic the American Theo Walcott, Walcott and I... Uh, it's already better than Theo Walcott. I don't know, man. I just died of laughter because, you know, clearly they don't watch the Bundesliga. <laughs> He's had a rough season, putting it a little lightly. Yeah. <laughs> but Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea might be screwed because unless they, unless they get all their business done this summer while they're appealing that transfer ban and they re- retool for long enough, which is a possibility because we've seen teams do that before, um, they're going to arbitration. Aren't they going to like a tribunal? Because they submitted their appeal and it immediately got rejected. And that's never happened before. Um, so they're taking it to some other. Yeah, thing, they're, they're taking it to part. the court for uh, sports arbitration, I think. But, sports arbitration. Yeah. yeah, but that but that takes a while, and I don't think they have right. forced penalties while that's while that's under appeal. So mm-hmm. they still could just get their buying. It, they seem a bit screwed though, and I don't know. I, I don't. I, th- I think Chelsea's just a toxic situation at this point. So. I don't really put that. I mean, and look at how the season they're having. I, I, I don't. The amount of turnover there. I don't really think that they're a serious threat. I think Arsenal has a ways to go up, but how much are they going to back Emery? Is the question. Spurs really need to buy players because they're starting to get depleted, and I can see them maybe start to losing players too because, yep, you, know, you got to buy. You got to buy players in, in transfer windows and keep adding to your squad to show us some ambition. And it just seems like the new stadiums destroyed them. So it really just leaves United and City. We know that City is always going to retool. It just says basically the big mystery about our, our ability to compete in the long run to me it just feels like what happens at United. Yeah, no, it's true. Go on, McMando. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead, Kev. I was going to say, like, uh, uh, City, uh, I mean, City are 
because they have Pep and the people in the back room are well run. So they recruit, not only do they have all the riches in the world, but they also recruit well. Um, which makes it another threat, you know, like, and we are the same. Like we have to do analytics and all kinds of stuff and we have to do all the tricks just to gain an edge. And that's how you end up with Mohamed Salah, you know, for 35 million or whatever we paid. Um, United are interesting because they have all the riches in the world to do what City does, or at least close to that. But the recruitment structure is fucking awful. So <laughs> it depends. It depends if, you know, Solskjaer stays. It depends how much influence he has on transfers. It depends who's running the transfers and the contracts they're giving. Because for the past X amount of years, they've basically been a group of potentially great players and sort of no structure around them. Mourinho tried to put the structure around them, but he had the wrong players for the for the system that he plays. And that's partly his fault because maybe he's not good at recruitment and, and you know doesn't care to, to learn. Um, and partly the board's fault for buying ridiculous players like Alexis Sanchez on 450,000 pounds a week or whatever the fuck he's on. Um, so I think it depends on Unite. So they could end up like Chelsea where they continue to win because they have a group of good players. It's not because they have the right players for the, you know, for the system they want to play. So it's down to whether Woodward is still in charge or they get an actual director of football, basically. Um, that's the only difference in United. If they go into next season, the same structure they have now, I'm not really worried about them, to be honest. Because Solskjaer's made them better, but they've also been lucky. And those things aren't mutually exclusive. He made them better because he allowed them to play. But they've been really, really lucky in the underlying stats. Like, they shouldn't have scored as many goals as they had. They've been outperformed in a lot of games um, and just been getting wins. And and that's been to the benefit of Solskjaer. And he'd probably get him the job. And he probably deserves it. But if they don't change the structure behind them, I don't think they're a threat. Um, Spurs are interesting. They do need to buy players and they need to hold on to Pochettino. Uh, and hold on to their group of players now. If they don't buy players, it's going to be the same thing every year. They're going to be a great team for a little while, and then they're going to fade. Um, Arsenal, I don't think Emery's the guy, but yeah, if they back him and they recruit well, because I don't understand the recruitment whatsoever, um, you buy Torreira, very good player, and then you go buy Licksteiner, not a good player. Like, I don't understand. You know, you go buy Burnt Leno, who by any goalkeeping, uh, you know, metric and i know they're bad but even in the bad goalkeeper metrics he's not good so i don't know where they picked up that guy um uh, who am i missing yeah and chelsea's a mess i, I mean they'll sorry, buy players yeah. i guess and sorry's it's not really his fault i think it's chelsea didn't necessarily pick the wrong manager but they sorry needs time he needs he needs all of his players he can't just have a couple um so yeah i mean maybe next season it might just be us and city again if we all stay at the same pace um, but in the future, if a couple teams start to do things correctly and smartly, yeah, there could be six really great teams. It's, uh, that's what I'm saying now. We need to do this now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Armando, where do you see any sort of threat coming from in the short term? I mean, obviously all three of us want to win the league this season, but we also want to win the league next season too. Um, we want yeah. to win the league every season. <laughs> I mean, I think aside from, uh, from City, obviously, which we're excluding here. I think for me, if they can spend some money on players, it's Tottenham. If because if they don't spend money, like Kev said, it's Pochettino that's going to go too. It's not just them hemorrhaging players and not bringing in adequate replacements. It's their manager that's going to be gone. Eventually, he's going to be fed up, and there's going to be more than enough elite teams that are going to need a manager that are willing to spend money, and he'll be more than happy to take those jobs. Uh, aside from that, if 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 United stays, like Kevin said, and the staff status quo and uh, god i hope ole gets the job because i don't see ole being a permanent manager at this level it's like kev says a lot of these games they've been pretty lucky and it's i think to the benefit of the rest of the league because i think it's going to end up giving him the job and that's going to benefit us us it's going to benefit the rest of the competition uh so yeah i just really think it's spurs man i'm not worried about chelsea chelsea is going to lose hazard they're going to get another manager they're going to go through this turnover again uh you know and 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 they're just always in flux it seems and yeah they've been successful recently in the recent past but on the way they're going the trajectory they're going it's just going to get perpetually worse. it's going to snowball they're going to become you know 
Hodgson era Liverpool, in my opinion. <laughs> the Spurs have the best structure. Yeah, so if, they, sure. if they back them with some money, then they could be, you know, it could be a top three. But I don't know with the stadium. Like, I don't know their finance situation. I know it's completely over budget and all this other stuff. But, yeah, I mean, Pochettino is, like, they've been winning games when, like, Son was away and Kane was out and Ali and Del Ali was out. They've been winning games, like, despite the players that they had to play. Like, they played some kids, some players that are definitely not good enough. And they're winning these games, and it's probably and I am of the opinion that it's down to Pochettino that they won those games. His tactics were spot on. Everybody buys into what he's doing. They all like listen to him and and do exactly what he says, and he gets them through. And that's not going to go forever if you don't back him up. Like he'll happily, you know, head over back to the continent and and go to like a you know, I mean, I don't. He was Espanol guy, so you know, Madrid maybe. Uh, who knows? Like in a couple of years. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Spurs are if Spurs get money, they're they're a worry because they're they're he's he's got all the tools. He just needs well, he's got all the ability. He just needs the tools. I guess is the way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, the uh, the big 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 question with, is with United is just going to be: Do they ever actually uh, commit to to a plan? Because they've given managers time. It, it, like United doesn't haven't had the same issue Chelsea has, where they just fire a manager every year. United, besides Moyes, they gave Van Hall time. They gave like they uh, it, you know took two seasons, didn't do much. Mourinho, they gave him two seasons, didn't do much. The rumors of Poch to United terrify me. Yes, I agree with that. That's the worst case scenario because he'll need time. Us. He'll need time to build, but he has all of that marketing money to do. With. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's terrifying because he's very I like I love Pochettino I think he's a great manager, but he's him at United I will be forced to hate him first of all, and then also he has, you know, carte blanche. You know, who does he want in the world? Who best fits your system? We'll go get him. Right, that that's scary. Well, I mean, there would be one thing that he could do that would actually work out for us though. Make your first signing, Harry Kane. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. The aging England number nine. Exactly. Or number ten. Doesn't he wear number ten for England? He wears number ten for 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 England, but he still plays as a number nine. Yeah. But I guess there there's one topic I did also want to get into that we kinda of got past and this is bringing things full circle back to the tweets. Uh one of the one of the things that was mentioned to me and Armando is actually going to do this this weekend was why don't you support your local team? in reference to uh, some people believing that I was an entitled brat, um, which I am, but for very different reasons. Um, <laughs> what, what do you guys make of this, like the concept of, you, you know, I, I have a team that's nearby, uh, Red Bull, New York, that I, I mean, I guess you could call me a supporter. I don't follow them very passionately, but I pay attention to what they're doing. Armando, you're a season ticket holder at LAFC. If if if, you know, if someone was to say something like that to you about Liverpool, while also like, why don't you support your local team? How how do you respond to that? I mean, a I do, uh, and and b it's, uh, I mean, it's they're not mutually exclusive. Like my the the part of the world I was born in doesn't justify you telling me I can't like something on the other side. Like I'm a Browns fan. I've been to Cleveland one time. Like it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I'm not watching every Sunday really annoyed watching us have a lead and know that we're going to lose. Like I just know how it works, you know? So like it doesn't have <laughs> to be mutually exclusive, man. Like I, I think it's really dumb to try to tell people Hey, you're from this place. You need to like these things. That's like being fucking dude. You're British. Do you like tacos? Like why? Fuck you. Don't eat my tacos. Like that doesn't fucking make sense, dude. Like <laughs> the world is like one big place. It's not a bunch of little fucking places. And that's what the problem is. You know, on a deeper level, that's what the problem is. Everybody wants to fucking gerrymander every piece of land and be like, this is what it is, and this is mine, and this is yours. And, dude, everything belongs to everyone. It's all one thing, dude, one big thing instead of a lot of small things, you know. And 
I just think it's really dumb, dude. I think it's a waste of time. It's a waste of breath. It's a waste of energy to give anybody like that any type of validation, any type of response. I can like the fucking things that I like, man. And I so happen to be a season ticket holder, like you said. I so happen to really enjoy going out there every weekend and singing and dancing and drinking and doing the things that we do. Uh, But at the same time, it doesn't mean that I can't or I should only like that. Like, come on, man. I, I, how? How can I only like one thing? Like, it's it's it doesn't make sense. Like, especially when they don't compete against each other, when they have nothing to do with one another. They just happen to be something that I really enjoy. I can enjoy them both. Like, me waking up at 4.30 in the morning to watch a Liverpool game. Like, how does that make me, like, uh, how is that a negative to anybody? Like, Honestly, like that's me. Like, are Point you of order, That is a negative to your wife. Yeah, my <laughs> wife. Yeah, she's a trooper. She doesn't even give me shit about it, bro. Like, that's what I mean. Like, get the fuck out of here. How are you going to tell me that what you do because you get to go to a match, you're lucky enough to be born fucking within a fucking radius to go to these matches on a regular basis? Good for you, man. I wish I could go to these matches once in a fucking while. Honestly, I hope I could go once in my life. And for you to tell me that, like, fucking, you have no right to feel that way, go fuck yourself, man. That's it. Like, I don't want to hear it. It's just a waste of my time because I should, we should all just do the shit that we like to do. That's it. That was a much rantier way of saying the same thing I would. So, Kev, I'm just <laughs> going to go to you on that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's sort of uh, at the risk of sounding exactly how they sound. Um, it's kind of a uniquely, uh, I mean, it could be a European thing, but it's kind of a uniquely British thing, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, telling people to go support your local club. You know, it's like, it's a, such a small country too. It's very strange because, like, in the United States, so Amanda, you're you're a, a Browns fan in the NFL. I'm a Raiders fan. You know, formerly of Oakland, formerly of LA, <laughs> soon to be Las Vegas. Uh, Justin's the only one who supports you know, anybody locally to him in the NFL and they play in New Jersey. So it's like, I don't, I'm not a New York Red Bulls fan. They also play in New Jersey. Um, I'm not a New York Giants fan. They also play in New Jersey. Um, it's, it's kind of strange. We wouldn't question that. Like, it'd be like, Oh, that's interesting. How'd you become a Browns fan? You know what I mean? Exactly. Or you'd be like, that's weird. How'd you end up with the Raiders? First yeah, of all, it's more of a conversation all, starter. Yeah, yeah. And I've told the story like a hundred times of how I'm a Raiders fan. But it's like for football in England, it's they go, unless you're a United fan, because the joke is like you, you, London's full of United fans. But like um, because of how big they were in the 90s, everybody else is like, you have to support local. You have to support. You, I don't understand. You're a Liverpool fan from where? Like, why are you getting tickets when I'm not getting tickets? I mean, ultimately, it comes down to tribalism, but Liverpool is also a tribe, and it's a big one, um, and everybody's part of it. And I get it, too, online, and it's because of my location, right? I'm in, I was born in New Jersey, um, but I have Scouse parents, so I support my parents' local club, um, and I still get shit. So I should, I should give that up because my dad decided to take a job in New York, um, and I should support the New York Red Bulls. That that logic does not make sense to me whatsoever. It should be as it was when we joined Anfield Index. Originally, was oh that's interesting. How did you become a Liverpool fan, right? And that's the conversation we have in the U.S. all the time. I, I don't understand like, and it's not just Liverpool fans. It's you know it's it's people from all you know. I mean Newcastle is another one where it's just it's one club, one city. So if you support Newcastle and you're from you know from you know Brighton and you're getting tickets to a Newcastle game, I'm sure the Geordies are going, eh, I wish that my friend had that ticket and not you because you're not local. Like, it's it's sort of this football, football tribalism runs very deep. And I understand it. It's a, it's like a religion almost. Um, I just, what I don't understand is this is such a, like a global game now. It's the most popular sport in the world. It has been for decades. It will never not be the most popular sport in the world unless, you know, somehow cricket takes over or something but like um it it's global like get over it like it should so i guess fsg said about the new england revolution then because that's where they're from um now some people might actually like that you know but they also want 
um, multi-billionaire oil barons or steel merchants or Chinese consortiums, but they're not supporting their local clubs. And they buy something in, you know, Shanghai or somewhere in Qatar or, you know, St. Petersburg. Um, it's just a bunch of, it's a bunch of tribalism and hypocrisy, really. And it's annoying to get in those conversations. Um, I just wish people would go back to, oh, that's interesting. How come you support Liverpool? Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's very much where I am in it. Uh, because I, I don't want to sit there and get in an argument with someone that basically gets reductively boiled down to where you were born. Right, that's basically what that argument becomes, and it's it's a really pointless argument to get into. Like for me, the the entire one of the entire things is, uh, like unlike Armando, I'm not an MLS fan. I like you know, like you, Kev. I I never really got into going to the Red Bulls. Like I've maybe gone to, I don't know, six Red Bull games in my life because yeah, it's 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 not, but it's not something I necessarily that like you know really pine for is the necessity to go to an MLS game because of the fact that, like, I, 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 I just don't like the product. I don't think it's particularly, you know, played fast enough for my liking, and I don't think that the players are as, you know, quite as skilled as I like seeing. Now, mm. I wa- and here's the thing. I want MLS as a league to succeed and get, and get better, right? And I'm rooting for it because of the fact that that will make the entire nature of the game better in the U.S., and it'll lead to increased value in the national team actually doing well because we're in a real down cycle but it's still not necessarily a product that like i particularly like on the other hand watching a liverpool game right that's a team that i have a strong affinity for and i can and i find watching the premier league more entertaining than i do almost than i do any other league so why should i give in to saying okay i should just settle to go deal with something go watch something that i don't like as much and I don't have an emotional, and I don't have an emotional tie to you, even though it's played five miles from me. I don't really feel that that is something that I should be forced into just by product of the fact that okay, this is like you know just happens to be where you live, so you should support your local team. It, right. It's illogical you, to me. Right. If you live close to Pretton Park, like, do you not go to Anfield to watch Liverpool because you should be watching Tranmere? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why it's geography based (laughs) like it makes no sense to me whatsoever it's the same argument like okay go you live right close to where uh what's the other team in liverpool marine marine fc plays so you should probably see marine fc you shouldn't be in evertonian so oh okay so that's good because you had basically just gone to everton last of the uh the liverpool teams (laughs) yeah yeah i mean but to you guys this point like i i didn't like it i didn't follow mls until like last season when lafc joined i have the opportunity to get season tickets in the supporter section i i did it more for the experience of i bought two tickets one for me and one for my wife when she wants to go it's sparse when she wants to go right now i either sell it give it to my buddy or but what i bought them for is because i know there's going to be a waiting list i know how la is i know the appetite that la proper had for a team uh and you could see it. That stadium sold out every week. It's lit. It's it's a lot of fun. It's the live experience is actually a lot of fun. And uh, Farrell's an owner, isn't he? Yeah, and he's great. He's there every day. It's personable. Yeah. Like he's one of you. It's 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 pretty surreal because of how many celebrity owners they have and the people you see at the game and the guests that they bring through and all this bullshit. But for me, it's like the Galaxy was here, dude. They were in Carson. They were up to ninety one. I could have gone whenever I wanted. And it never piqued my interest that the most successful team in the league history i don't give a shit about i never did they had stevie come i went to two matches while he was here uh and i still didn't pique my interest they have mexican players giovanni dos santos Giovanni dos santos was there still didn't pique my interest but this lafc was something really different i bought those tickets dude to because i want my kids in the future to be able to go and experience football in that capacity with the flares in standing only section. That was another thing that drew my attention to LAFC is like, oh, we have safe standing. That's where our seats are, safe standing. I want my kids to be able to experience football in a proper way. So that's why I have become a supporter. I have invested my time, my money, my things into the league, even though I think it has a ton of problems. I think it needs pro rail. I think the quality needs to be better. I think a salary cap needs to be lifted. I think there's a lot of things, man. But at the end of the day, I think that it's important to have 
I think it, it, what I'm trying to say is I understand where you guys are coming from, where the league not drawing an interest, but I think what this team per se for me is doing in our community locally, like really in Los Angeles and really giving back and really being something that's bringing a lot of people together is really gnarly. It's something, it's very European what's going on here in LA. It's very much like a Mexican soccer club, what's going on here in LA. It's a proper football team that's happening. And you don't see that across the league. I, you know how many games you watch that you see it's an empty stadium, Red Bull Arena, uh, Houston Dynamo, FC Dallas, uh, the Yankee Stadium is atrocious to watch on TV. It's just, all those things need to get better for, like you said, for the national team, for the league, for all these things. So until all these things happen, man, this league isn't going to grow. You guys are totally right to not support these teams. But you guys are also totally right to love football, to wake up in the morning, to watch the team, Kev, that your family is supported generationally, that you're from, connected to. I, I just don't understand what the problem is, man. Why can't you do both? Why can't you want both? Why, like you guys. You guys want the league to grow. You guys want it to be better. You guys want to be able to enjoy football proper here and not be like, yeah, but it's a little, you know, A, B, and C. But yeah. at the end of the day, dude, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think it would be really cool to have a league in the U.S. where we could get a player who's an absolute global superstar in their actual prime instead of, you know, doing a, a – two-year farewell tour to, to go live in Southern California for right. two years. Right. But at the same time, you have every right in the world, just like we all do, to enjoy football at the highest level, and that's what Liverpool is giving people. So the Why funny, part, it, about, the funny part about the argument is that uh, you do support your local team, so like they can't say anything to you. And it's not... You, you don't just support... You don't have to just support one team. Like Liverpool and Thank LAFC you. are never going to meet unless Thank it's you. the... Club World Cup or whatever the fuck they're doing, it's it, you can have like I have favorite teams in lots of leagues. Like I have favorite teams in all in all the top five leagues in Europe. I just happen to support Liverpool the most. It's in my blood. It's my family. Like it's the closest to me. It feels more personal. But I still like other teams in other leagues. It's not like a, and I don't live in you know Leverkusen. You know I don't live in Rome. I don't live in. I but I I like to watch these teams. It's like, I, I don't understand the argument. I just think it's a stupid argument. No, And as soon as people are like, well, you're American, like, okay. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's it. It's over. That's all later. it is. <laughs> yeah, I believe um, if next time someone tells me uh, that I should support my local team, it's just going to be uh, living rent-free in your head, FC. Yeah. That's basically I mean, that's what, what it is. is. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's all this tribalism, xenophobia, fucking, like, I'm not out to take your land, buddy. I don't give a shit. I just want to watch a game from time to time. I just want to be able to support it. I want to high-five right. you when I see you with your Liverpool hat on. Is that a problem? Like, is that a problem that I want to get along with you? Yeah. You know the hoops we have to jump through to get match tickets? Bro. It's ridiculous. We, Plus, we... attack that onto flights and travel. <laughs> So I can, I can, I can tell you this basically. We get something like each half of the year at LFCNY. We have an allocation that they get something about between, I think it's like between 14 and 16 orders that get fulfilled, right? So we get, we get like, you know, two or four members over at like, you know, most of them at like four or five matches each half of the season. And so many people apply for them. Our success rate's really low. And it's so hard. It's, you know, people sit there and say like, you know, like, oh, well, you're using a ticket someone local could have had. We're not exactly like, you know, soaking up all those tickets that are that are out there, too. You know, our allocation is also quite low. And a lot of people, you know, try multiple times and finally get to if they finally can get a match ticket, they go because they don't know when they're going to be able to go again. Yeah. And most of the time you can't get anything. Like my brother-in-law lives in Dublin and he was like, do you know anybody with tickets? So I was like, okay. So I reached out to all of my cousins, uh, mo- half of who are season ticket holders. And, and, you know, and I reached out to the guys at Anfield Index to see if they had any spares or anything. Nothing. Nada. There is not a game. There's not a seat open until the end of the season. It's like, it's so difficult. So difficult. You have to go early on in the season and make sure you're in first. And even then it's a maybe. It, it's, it's not. We're not stealing tickets from anybody. And yeah. It's it. It's so difficult to get over there and watch a match. 
Oh yeah, and there and there's one situation that does occur quite regularly, and I think it's one of those things that like can be frustrating for people. They get tickets to a match, right through through somehow they book flights to go certain days, and then all of a sudden the match gets rescheduled for TV, and they can't go anymore. Yeah, yeah, and they can't go anymore. Like, trust me, everybody wants to, it's because everybody wants to like kind of take the idea of like there's a there's a lo- limited supply of tickets because guess what there's a limited supply of tickets. And blame it on something, but the reality is it's just hard to get tickets because, yes, the size of the crowd has grown and the size of where people are coming from has grown, but everybody's going to, the, everybody's suffering from the same, like, lengths of not being able to get tickets. It's not exactly like we can just grab all the tickets we want whenever we want and come in because we're international fans. Like, that's just not, just not how it, it works. But, um, I'm gonna leave you guys with a, with a very, very rapid fire question. Out of left field before we uh, before we wrap up tonight. So the question is, and uh, Armando, I'm going to pose it to you first, and then Kevin, you can come in right after. What's the nicest looking European flag? Hmm. The nicest looking European flag. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Um. Should I say I like my personal favorite? Yeah. Aesthetically. Yeah. Al- Albania. Really. Yeah. What about the Albanian flag does it for you? Uh, big two-headed eagle. It's just a good look. It's got this mean, fierce, the colors are bold. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's got a good look. Aesthetically. Aesthetically, it's it's a great... Way. The question's an aesthetic question. I, I'm not trying to evaluate the political history of any country. I never know with you. I never know with no, you. No, I'm, I'm not trying to... I'm, I'm just going on pure aesthetics. And Kevin, how about you? Uh, I don't know. Switzerland's a big plus. <laughs> wrap it up it's a wrap yeah that's, a, that's a dad joke it's a dad joke i'm allowed to use those now yeah that's great <laughs> i'm quite partial to the spanish flags i like the, i like the color scheme yeah spain's kind of cool yeah. i like some of those tricolor ones but uh they're too repetitive there's so many countries out yeah there. like germany and belgium erase each other <laughs> italy's cool because it's very mexican <laughs> yeah, yeah. just missing a piece yeah <laughs> yeah, see, once again, Italy and Italy and Ireland too close, and uh, you know, kind of once again. I mean, at least it's not as as grie- as grievously close as like uh, you know Germany and Belgium, which is the same three color pattern just in different directions. Um, yeah, I think Bulgaria and Hungary are like that too. Yeah, and I think the <laughs> Slovak flag, the, the Slovak or Slovenian flag, and the Russian flag are very similar. The the tricolor red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Croatia's cool. Croatia's got a good flag. Croatia's cool. They got a very good flag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, that's enough of this. Um, up the up the European Union. Up the European <laughs> <laughs> up the European Union. I wasn't even thinking about Brexit when I asked that question. Funny how the none European of us. Union. Funny how none of us said the. Fun, funny how none of us said the uh, the English the, the flag of the UK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody who lives there who's dealing with Brexit stuff, we're sorry. We, we understand. Uh, we got our own shit to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> we understand. All right, so from uh, from three now, slightly punch-drunk Americans, enjoy the international breaking up the Reds. Podcast Network.